Cacha. And good afternoon. It's just a few seconds after 4 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. This is Finding a Voice, a spoken word programming here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And coming up on the show today... In this uh, last day, this is CFRC's last day of our 13th annual funding drive. And uh, I've both last week's show and I did a show a few weeks earlier that was tied to uh, the September 22nd 100,000 Votes for Change event held here in Kingston at the Spire on September 22nd, if I didn't already say that. And uh, we... Basically, today you're going to hear the remainder of it. There are still a couple of uh, readings that wouldn't fit, but uh, we're going to get the most of it in. I've kind of saved it for this funding drive uh, to air last week and this week. So in the first hour from the second portion of the afternoon session in that event, you'll hear reading a reading by Judith Popeil. And then readings from the evening evening session by Sarah Brown Dunkley, Beth Marie Michalska, and Billy the Kid. And then in the second hour from the evening portion of the event, you'll hear readings by Haley Sarfeld, Chantelle Lavoie, and a final musical performance uh, at the event, and we'll end the show today, too, by uh, Irwin Street. And in this hour as well, I uh, have a special guest in uh, just for a few minutes, uh, just in town, Queen's engineering alumni and author Kaz Lafab, uh, who has written three in a series of uh, sci-fi fantasy books uh, that sort of deal with climate change. So I thought that when I found out that uh, she was in town this week, yeah, I only have a few minutes for her, which is unfortunate, but you'll hear a bit of live conversation in the second hour as well ahead of her book launch tomorrow. So, you know, it's the funding drive. I got to do the plugs and I want to do the plugs. And uh, I'm just going to give you a very abbreviated uh, short uh, story of my connection with the station. Became a volunteer here, or have been, for now almost 11 years. And uh, my first visit was coming in for an interview and reading on then Joanne Williams' poetry show. I believe it's 2006. Uh, fell in love with the station and just sitting in the lounge, uh, looking at all the framed photos on the wall, and then go back decades, really. But it still, it really felt like home. And uh, I began listening to the radio station a lot back then, and in 2007 became a volunteer, just doing whatever I could. And then in uh, 2009, began a more uh, training with equipment and pitched an idea for a show. And the first uh, Friday in May of 2010, uh, uh, Finding a Voice uh, debuted here, and I guess the rest is history. So if you listen to the show and you like it, uh, it would be so cool if you could donate now and show your support. Uh, You can do that easily and safely online uh, at our website, uh, www.cfrc.ca. All the information is there. Or call the pledge line. Uh, They would love, they and I would love to hear from you. 613-533-CFRC or that equals 613-533-2372. 
And uh, let's go ahead. I've got a really full show today. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. I will begin, uh, um, I will, should say, between readings uh, and performances, just briefly talk about the funding drive. I mean, it's our last day, and I really want to pitch it. So uh, up first, though. Let's go ahead and move into that afternoon. This will be the final reading from the afternoon session that hasn't aired. Uh, coming up, here is Judith Popeil. Up next, Judith Popeil uh, started when she was very young writing poems and short stories about the characters in the book she was reading at a local library. She has studied, worked, in, and worked in, as an interdisciplinary artist in dance, drama, visual art, fiber art, and film all her adult life. While completing her Master's of Education at Queen's, she wrote for the Wheat Standard, Performing Arts Magazine, Dance in Canada, and other publications. Her poetry has appeared in independent journals and magazines, and she has written and produced a series of dance and art shows for children. Her film, Alan Marin's Kitchen, was shown at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival in 2016. She is currently working on two new films. Let's bring up Judith Popeil. Thank you all for coming. And thank you, Bruce, for organizing this event again. Um, we all really appreciate it. Even though we don't have a big audience, we have a good audience. <laughs> so my first poem is about a woman called Reese Taylor. She's a black woman that went through much strife and stress, and she was brutally raped um, in the 40s. And uh, she came to my attention. Someone sent me something on Facebook, and I just started to research and learn more about her life and decided to write a poem. It's called Reesey Taylor, Black Woman. <laughs> Reesey Taylor, born Black Woman, December 31st, 1919, Reesey Corbett, Abbotsville, Alabama, died December 28th, 217, age 97, Abbotsville, Alabama. Occupation, sharecropper, Reese Taylor, black woman. September 3rd, 1944, brutally raped and beaten by seven white men who forced her into a car while she was walking home from church. These men, U.S. Army Private Herbert Lovett, Hugo Wilson, Dillard York, Billy Howerton, Luther Lee, Joe Culpepper, Robert Gamble. No justice, no accountability. Took her to the side of the road in the woods and brutally raped her and one by one sexually attacked her body. Get them rags off or I'll kill you and leave you down here in the woods, one man yelled. Reesey Taylor, black woman, 1944. Forced to lie down in the field. Act just like you do with your husband, or I'll cut your damn throats at another man. Reese Taylor, black woman, 1944. Brutally raped and beaten 
body traumatized by the constant sexual torture of seven men, not able to have children after this incident. Who is accountable? Where is justice? Has there been any change? 218, has anything changed? Reese Taylor, black woman, churchgoer, mother died at 17. She raised her six siblings. At 24, she married Willie Guy Taylor. They had one child, Joyce Lee, who died in a car accident. Reese Taylor fought for justice until her death at 97. Reese Taylor, body was raped and beaten, but spirit survived. Spirit to attain justice lived on in this remarkable woman. The spark in her soul lived on. Black people of the South united around her. Death threats loomed in her home. Her home was firebombed by white supremacists. Has anything changed in 218? Reese Taylor lived in fear, afraid to go out after dark. Friends took guard in a tree outside her home to guard against angry vigilance. Where is the justice? Who is accountable? Has anything changed in 218? Men confessed in two grand juries. Juries declined to indict the men. No charges were laid or brought against the assailants. Three eyewitnesses testified. They saw the car she was forcefully put into. Still, no indictments. Men were found not guilty. Hugo Wills Wilson was fined $250. Spirit of Reese Taylor fought back. Reese Taylor, black woman, the spark that ignited Southern blacks to unite, the spark that began the black people of the South to form the Civil Rights Movement. And march, march, march for their freedom and their justice. 218, has anything changed? Where is justice for Trayvon? and other blacks killed at the hands of white police officers. And stated, we feel, we, sorry, we failed to prosecute our attackers. Oh wait, yeah, sorry. Um, Reese Taylor, black woman, the spirit of justice lived in her. Nothing would stop her. She sought justice in her own way, refused to remain silent. Spirit of the Southern Black Movement, instigator of protests and the activities of the African American community. As a result of her perseverance and faith, the Civil Liberties Movement was formed and is now in the forefront of attaining justice for black people in America. 
The Congressional Black Caucus led Democratic caucus members in wearing red for Reese's with, with red pins with Reese on it while attending the 218 State of the Union address where Taylor, Reese Taylor's granddaughter, May Joyce Owens, was a guest. Reese Taylor, black woman, died December 28, 2017. Let us all remember the spirit that lives on with Reese Taylor. Thank you. This poem, I've been studying some shamanism, shamanism for some time, and um, power animals and spirit. This poem is about spirit of eagle. Um, the eagle is a majestic being, and the other day I saw six of them. I live outside of Kingston, and they were soaring. I just stopped the car and watched them in their glory, just spreading their wings. And, um, and yet, they're very humble in many ways. Um, when they reach 40, they have to have their beaks redone. I don't know if people know that. Um, they, they have to go into hiding, and they have to allow the beak to regrow in order for them to live longer. So, um, I won't go into that, but Spirit of Eagle. Imagine an eagle flying overhead. Imagine yourself as an eagle. Swiftness, strength, courage, wisdom, illumination of spirit, healing, creation, ability to see hidden spiritual truths, rising above the material to see the spiritual in everyone, connection with spirit, Grace achieved through knowledge and hard work. Great power and balance. Ability to see the big picture rather than the small little details. In ancient Greece, the eagle was associated with Zeus. To some natives, the eagle symbolizes the thunderbird. Eagle is a sacred messenger. Eagle is linked to the sun in Gaelic myths, eye of the sun. In challenging times, eagle holds a deeper meaning in our trials and tribulations. Imagine eagle as your friend. Take eagle into your being and allow yourself to soar to great heights. Feet and talons are strong. They're stronger than human hands. Grabbing prey from the ground, they make their way to the earth in order to survive. Eagle's essence teaches us to courageously face our fears and expectations. Eagle teaches us to soar above our restricting beliefs and to look at the whole picture of humanity. Eagle lets our hearts fly with joy if we let it, if we let him. Eagle is majestic and powerful. Eagle is our inner power. Imagine eagle as your guide and soar in all that you desire and all that you imagine 
medicine. Eagle is spirit. Thank you. And you just heard Judith Popeil and her reading in the second portion of the afternoon session of the September 22nd, 100,000 Poets uh, for Change event held at the Spire. And again, as you know, this is our final day in the funding drive. I do want to thank uh, the donors who have already uh, contributed to this program uh, in supporting uh, CFRC's effort uh, to raise money uh, for uh, a new community access podcast studio and backup generator for our transmitter of utmost uh, importance right now. And we're getting there with your help. So uh, if you... Like what you hear here, not just this show, but everything else and on CFRC. Won't you uh, help us a bit? Uh, you can donate now through uh, www.cfrc.ca for a tax receipt or a gift. Or you can call our pledge line at 613-533-CFRC. That is 2372. Let's go ahead and move back into the 100,000 Poets for Change event that was held on uh, September 22nd at the Spire. Here is Sarah Dunkley Brown. Up next, Sarah Brown Dunkley is a Mohawk poet from the Tyendinaga uh, Mohawk Territory. Uh, Sarah works for the Ontario Native Women's Association and is in currently completing her Bachelor of Social Work. She's also in the process of writing a book of poetry with hopes to publish. Sarah is a mom, grandmother, and an auntie to many among the many roles she plays. Let's bring up Sarah Brown Dumpling. So this is called Protecting the Turtle. And uh, this was written kind of recently. And um, it's about identity, so maybe sleep spotlighting. Spotlight makes me nervous every time. I am Mohawk. What does this mean with my light skin, modern day clothes, and new car? I am Mohawk. What does this mean? with the knowledge of my ancestors and the teachings they share. I am Turtle Clan. What does this mean with the breakdown of family, disconnection, and dislocation? Waganyatu. I am Turtle Clan. What does this mean with the beat of my heart, the sound of the drum? I reconnect to all things living, all things spiritual. I am a turtle. Look at me. What do you see? My exterior shell. Hard, closed-off shell, covered in green moss, dirt. Look at me. What do you see? I am a turtle. My slow movements crawling from one moment of time to the next, barely moving up at all at times. I am a turtle. Look at me. What do you see? My exterior shell, hard, protective shell, enveloping the beauty within. Look at me. What do you see? I am a turtle. My slow movements, crawling through each moment as though it is my last, ensuring each moment is embraced. 
As a turtle, I carry this shell as a reminder that I carry the 13 grandmothers on my back. As a turtle, I carry the dirt, the moss, as a reminder that I carry the knowledge of the earth, my mother, on my back. As a turtle, I carry the weight of the world as a reminder that I am Turtle Island, connecting earth and sky together, carrying this weight on my back. As a turtle, I carry the wisdom of my ancestors as a reminder that I am wisdom and I will always carry this all on my back. I am a turtle. Look at me. What do you see? The exterior shell that is all I allow you to see? The slow-moving, moss-covered protective shell that is me protecting the turtle. So this one is called Highway of Tears and uh, it's written for the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Following your footsteps down the highway of tears, watching them fade slowly disappear. What is your name? Where are you from? Who are your people? What have you become? A faceless name for some, a nameless face for others, a stat on the radio, notch on the belt, according to some brothers. But here I am looking down that road, hearing your story, watching it unfold. You were a daughter, mother, sister, and friend, a niece, a granddaughter, and loved so much till the end. Snatched away before your time, a future stolen away, a beautiful young life, everyone wishing you could stay. These are our women, our girls, and our friends. These are our future, let's start to make amends. Too many gone, too many taken, and the violence now, hearts keep on breaking. See all of the beauty that once lived in their eyes, feel all of the pain that's left dying inside, not just in their family and friends, but in a country and nation. A world silence and the issues won't help with salvation. We will stand tall, no longer hiding our face. We will release all the pain you left in our space. Our women are strong, whether they are lost or found. They are the foundation that holds up our ground. Stop looking down your nose, stop walking away, open your eyes and help them to stay. We are not here to be stolen or broken. We are not here to be an Indian token. I look at my girls and put it in perspective. Whether it's them or me, we're all subjective. I will not follow your footsteps down the highway of tears. I sadly watch you fade away, but we will not disappear. Okay, so this one is Reconciliation, um, a poem that I wrote for Canada 150. I have to breathe. Celebration of the colonization, standing on this land stolen from our nations. No more continuation of the fabrication of how Canada became this nation. Understanding the defamation of my ancestors to my generation, from genocide, isolation, and starvation, killing the numbers within our populations. No more continuation of the fabrication of how Canada became this nation, forcing us into a different location, changing the vibration of our relation, not only amongst ourselves, but also within creation. No more continuation of the fabrication of how Canada became this nation, stealing our children, causing desperation, creating a world of criminalization for all of our nations. No more continuation of the fabrication of how Canada became this nation. Now taking this all into consideration, while creating this new civilization, Canada hears the voices of the new generations. No more continuation of the fabrication of how Canada became this nation. No more hiding the truth, time for reclamation, healing and celebration, truth and reconciliation. These ones are hard ones. I promise I'll end it on a later note. 
Little eyes peeking through, full of fear of what to do. Mama's crying, daddy screams. I disappear to my happy dreams. One big hit and down she goes. I only wish that someone knows. Mama's hurt, black and blue. Heart is broken, torn in two. Daddy's angry, turns to rage. Wish we could hide in a faraway cage. Someone knows, but what do they do? They take us away from all that we knew. Pulling us off Mama's arm, relieving us from his harm. Taking us away from each other, never to know or see our mother. Our language is gone, our culture dead. They tell us we are much further ahead. Growing up in this strange place, never to know my true race. Anger and hatred fill my heart because I don't fit into any part. My skin is different, my heart is sour. I am missing a huge piece of my power. Because he hit her and she didn't leave, we are all left here to grieve. The loss of community, family, and friends. How do we ever try to make amends? The loss of culture, language, and identity. The truth of it all is just obscenity. So this one is my newest, uh, newest poem that I had written for an event called Reclaim Your Power, which is a violence against women event. And it's called Soaring Butterfly. I, just like the caterpillar, crawl through this life avoiding at all costs the big feet that may come along and stomp out my light at any given moment. I, just a tiny little critter in this enormous world, being targeted by those who only see the exterior part of my being. The big feet of this world come at me, like the words, the hands, and the bodies forced upon me, taking what should have been mine to give, instead shutting down the light within. As tiny as I seem, ugly to some, useless to others, there are those who, although they see this, also see my true potential. They know what will become of me if they don't stop on me. They see the transformation before it even occurs. The big feet awkwardly avoid me in hopes that I become something else. As I crawl through this life, hoping to find my way. As I hide myself within the cocoon so that I may sit in solitude, grasping for acceptance, love, and understanding, of my own self, praying for the healings of the beatings my soul has endured, finding a light after all the darkness, only to have to push myself through the cocoon by myself, alone, unsure, afraid. Yet I know it is only me. I am the only one who can get myself out of the mess that has been created, out of the solitude that I have been embraced in, out of the smallness of my life that I have known. Rebirth. So I push and push and push myself more until I am free from my cocoon and I can spread my wings and fly and one day I will see my reflection upon the water. I will see the colors I carry that were not there before. I will see the wings I carry that were not there before. I will know I have abilities that I did not carry before. Rebirth. I will look back at all the big feet who tried to stomp out my light. I will look back at all those who thought I was ugly or useless. I will look back. But I will not crumble, I will not fall, I will not cry, nor will I die. I will spread my wings and fly higher than before. I will take my spirit to places unknown, and I will embrace the beauty that has escaped from my internal soul and shows itself now to all. Rebirth. As the caterpillar, I crawled through life. I endured. I survived. As the butterfly, I fly through life. I soar. I thrive. Transformation comes in many forms. Who will you be after the pain? Where will you go and what will you do with your new you? We have the power and ability to choose to allow those big feet to stomp us out or to dodge them or to relight our own fire if they have succeeded. 
We have the ability to push ourselves out of the cocoon we think we are hiding from the world in, when in reality we are finding our souls within. Search. We are not lost. We are always here within our own reach. Search. You deserve to be you even after all has been said and done. Search. And spread your wings and soar. And when you fly above the water, ensure you are noticing the beauty you carry as you realize it is broken free from the internal you and shows itself now on your wings. No more hiding, no more dodging, no more crawling through life surviving. This is the new me. Ugly little caterpillar turned into this beautiful butterfly. Free. Free to soar. Free to be me. Free to be safe. This is the new me. Strong. Strong because of the big feet in my life. Strong from push pushing through. Strong from the transformation. This is the new me. Brave. Brave because of the fight to live. Brave from sitting in solitude in the dark. Brave from overcoming everything that has tried to hold me back. But pushing through, this is the new me. Beautiful. Beautiful because of the scars I carry. Beautiful from the pain I endured. Beautiful from the growth and change I allowed to become. This is the new me. Tiny little caterpillar. Cocooned up little caterpillar. Renewed little caterpillar with wings. This is the new me. Soaring butterfly. That was Sarah Brown Douglas. Yeah, and I think I kind of tripped over my tongue as I introduced her here the, correctly there at the at the show. But I realized as soon as I said it, it was not right. So anyway, you just heard Sarah Brown. Sarah Brown Dunkley and her reading in the second portion of the... No, she was in the evening session, first portion of the evening session uh, at the September 22nd, 100,000 Poets for Change event again held at the Spire. And, uh, of course, I'm going to plug the funding drive. So CFRC, uh, in case you don't know, it's kind of a learning ground. Uh, uh, we offer free broadcast skills and communication training to students and community members. And uh, many former CFRC programmers uh, now enjoy careers in journalism, uh, media, public relations, and a number of other areas and it's from the skills they learned here. So that is one other thing that this radio station offers, again, students and community members. So you know what? If you or someone you love uh, got, kind of got their start uh, at a student paper or a campus or community radio station, maybe even right here at CFRC, and you think that kind of thing is important addition to this community, uh, and maybe uh, your donation can help others launch their career, too. So if you if that works for you, and we'd love to hear from you, uh, you can do it online, www.cfrc.ca. And again, tax receipt or a gift, or call the pledge line. Uh, they'd love to hear from you, 613-533-CFRC. Uh, up next, and uh, again, from uh, the evening portion of the event, uh, 100,000 Poets for Change. Here is Beth Marie Michalska. Up first in this second half of the evening session, Beth Marie Michalska is a therapist, teacher, and writer living in Kingston. Her poetry has appeared in anthologies, journals, and chapbooks. 
and North uh, Superior Bardo. Apparently, I decided to cut off the rest of that sentence. I do not know, but I do know that she published that. Uh, was it the publisher listed as well? Yes. And the publisher is? Uh, Studio 22. Ah, that's right. I remember that, Studio 22. I'm sorry if I chopped off the rest of your bio somehow. Triaging trauma, 
Um, she, she lists the suppression of grief as uh, a factor that uh, leads to overwhelm. And certainly in my work, I see a fair amount of that. So this next poem is basically about five of the millions of landscapes of grief. And there's just a couple of notes so that you catch the references once I get into the poem. Crepe, um, I'm using the C-R-A-P-E, it's that silky black morning cloth substance. Gravitational wave is a disturbance in the curvature of space and time, and it's propagated as waves that are coming outward from their source at the speed of light. Factory theater is a Toronto-based experimental theater place. There's the person's name, Clay. Clay uh, is a reference to Clayton Lee, who is um, a writer and performer. Peaches, uh, some of you may know, is a Canadian electronic pop musician and performer. And Feist is a Canadian artist. I think those are the main references in this. It's um, uh, called Near the Ocean. One. Gone. Earth wept the evening she died. Raw for a time. At morning, reverting to snow. Pelting, winding, lost. Two. Grief. A gravitational wave rupturing reality, piercing ordinary, anguish. Three, slow, cold, gray now, yet a cardinal sings, spiring airs, bleakness. Four, moved. Arriving here, heart made broken, dead brother, crape, in factory theater's atrium, to watch Clay and his mom, who duet us. They start 200 wind-up toys. We all count. As peaches and feist sing, I mean something. Half smiles, glances, invite audience to join and play on white linen. Amity bonds, a new public offering. Five, console. Mid the waves of breath and bodies moving near you, clarify your gaze. Like water drops a mass and lift freighters through the locks, join your voice and hands with others to hold those needing comfort. 
Let them rise and fall in safety as they mourn to new shores. Reflect their stories as they find a way. Be, rescue, and when you are tired, rest. And my final poem this evening is by Polish Nobel laureate Sejwa Miłosz, and I'm reading it in English. Um, and it's a short poem uh, called Love. Love means to look at yourself the way one looks at distant things. For you are only one thing among many. And whoever sees that way heals their heart without knowing it from various ills. A bird and a tree say to them, friend. Then they want to use themselves and things so that they stand in the glow of ripeness. It doesn't matter whether they know what they serve. Who serves best doesn't always understand. Thank you. What's well, Beth Marie Mihalska? Let's give her another hand. And you just heard Beth Marie Mihalska and her performance in the uh, second portion of the evening session of the September 22nd 100,000 Poets for Change event at the Spire. And uh, getting back to the funding drive, uh, another thing we've always offered as part of our, uh, as part of any annual funding drive, uh, we've also organized off-site events where people can just just have fun and contribute uh, to the funding drive that way. Three have already happened: a bowling event last Friday, a poetry open mic Tuesday night, and a trivia. Uh, get together last night and everyone had a wonderful time at each of those there's still one left uh tonight uh called a love for music night so it's featuring open mic uh, music uh de toi uh, the band de toi and dj dance party that's all happening at the grad club from 8 p.m until the grad club closes five ten dollar uh, sliding scale door and if you love music and want to have a good time you should come check that out. Again, the Grad Club starts at 8 o'clock, runs till they close the doors. Up next, uh, from again, the second portion of the evening session of the September 21st, 100,000 Poets for Change event. Here is Billy the Kid. Up next, Billy the Kid, Billy Kearns, is a uh, spoken word poet and electrical engineering student studying at Queen's University. Her poet uses storytelling and playful metaphors to explore relationships with her friends, family, culture, and nice smelling food. Originally from Yellowknife, Billy moved uh, around a lot and ended up mostly growing up in Ottawa, where she first started going to poetry shows in 2012. Since then, she's participated in spoken word events across Canada and the United States, including Youth Can Slam, the Canadian Festival of Spoken Word, 
in the College Union's Poetry Slam Invitational. Here is Billy the Kid, Billy Curse. Things my mother told me. An incomplete list that is very important. When she was 19, she lived by herself in Anuvik. She worked at a bar and in the winter, she and her friends would drive south to see the sun. So I use this anecdote one summer to justify living by myself, and she replies, well, yeah, but you're my baby. On the subject of bread and indigeneity, she says, my girl, our people never depleted our resources to the point where we had to eat the grass. Now, it took me a while to process that by grass she meant wheat, but the subject of this conversation was Billy, bread makes you, and especially you, fat. Trust me, it's in your genetics. On the subject of eggs, when I was seven, she told me, to shell an egg, tap it lightly with the side of your spoon, slip the spoon into the cracks, and gently let the shell away. She says she learned this trick at school. It was kind of like a boarding school. They taught her other types of table manners and etiquette, such as where to put your napkin, which hand to hold your fork in, and in what language to speak. She says one of the 11-year-old boys there had a mustache, and they called him Macho My mother told me about the Indian residential school system ever since I could remember, but it wasn't until I was 11 that she told me that she went to one. This was the same year we moved to Ottawa. On the subject of Ottawa, she tells me that she hates the city. The summer air is too thick, she doesn't like the way city Indians do things, and she can't learn how to speak French no matter how hard she tries. That's what the nuns in her school spoke. One night, after tearing down the bilingual cue cards in her kitchen, she says, we're staying here so that you don't have to move as much as I did. One night, after six years, I tell her that this is the longest I've lived in one place. She says, me too. On the subject of Christianity, she says, my girl, our people never need to think commandments. Our people have one golden rule that covers all of them and more. Be kind and help people. But don't be stupid. And other advice, always back up your files. If you lose your files because you didn't have a backup, then you probably deserved it. Never do a half-assed job. If you're not fully doing something, then why are you bothering in the first place? She told me this after I did a shitty job of sweeping the staircase. My mother tells me that I don't know how to stand my ground. She tells me that I am too soft and that I need to learn how to cook single-sized portions. Whenever we speak these days, which isn't often, she always speaks to me as if she's trying to teach me a lesson. These are the days when all I want is to hear my mother tell me, Billy, I'm proud of you. Most days, she says, my girl, I miss you.
I found out I have a brother who lives all the way out in British Columbia who is much older than myself. Um, and this is a poem about what I would imagine him to be like and also talks about his mom who I've seen pictures of. Johnny smells like oysters and the back of his mouth is sprinkled with salt. His laugh sounds like the slap of sails in the wind. Joni sings off-key in the kitchen. Her teeth are crooked like the pines on Great Slave Lake, and her laugh sounds like the clapping of cannonballs. Her hair is thin, and she is young. Joni is not Joni. Joni does not know if she misses Joni, but she mouths the word mother, and knows her name does not fit on his sea salt tongue. Johnny doesn't know if he should miss Joni, or if he ever missed her at all. But if they met, their noses would know each other, and maybe they'd crack each other up. And I have one left for you tonight. On the vein of family, community is very much family. And if I'm as wise as the tides, 
I'll reach back towards the women I want to call sisters the next time your gravity pulls me towards our meetings. I want to sing. I want to listen. I want to breathe in the smell of burning tobacco, sage, and cedar instead of the smell of sweat on summer nights. I'll wash myself in the smoke of an abalone shell and smudge my breath until it starts working again. Look, miss. I'm sorry I missed you twice. I still love you. I still love myself. And I still love the women I want to call sisters. Thank you. And that was uh, Billy the Kid again at the uh, in the second half of the evening portion of the 100,000 Poets for Change event that was held uh, in here in Kingston at the Spire and part of that global event uh, that happens uh, during at some point during the end of September and. Uh, I will mention I'm going to, I won't have time in the second hour today to share a few events, uh, so I will get into a few of them. One of them I won't even talk about uh, because we're going to talk about it in the second hour, uh, So, but I will skip over that. And uh, because I'm going to go straight from this into an ad to take us to the top of the hour, I'm... Uh, I want to thank you for tuning in in the first hour today. Hope you can stay tuned for the second hour. Uh, we're going to have uh, more uh, from uh, the 100,000 Poets for Change event. And I've also, uh, the guest I told you who was coming in in the second hour has arrived. So right after the top of the hour, in fact, uh, if you want to shout a hi out there, I have uh, Kaz Lafav with me. Hi. And she is a former, uh, she's a Queens alumni and uh, engineering yeah. and uh, an author. So this is going to be fun. Uh, she's just in for a short visit, but we'll talk more about that in the second hour. But what I want to do, uh, beyond thanking you for tuning into the first hour and encouraging you to stay tuned for the second, is... Uh, Letting you know that uh, both hours of the show uh, will be uploaded to my blog space for it, like they usually are. Much later tonight, though, it won't be until probably after midnight because I'm going to an event after this to record. And then I am also going to be on the pledge line. So I guess that's my plug uh, for the funding drive for this. Would love to hear from you. So if you're up and about and feel like... Uh, helping us out a little bit between 10 and 12 o'clock tonight uh give us a give us a call and you're probably going to catch me on the phone so i'd love to hear your voice so let's go ahead and i keep oh no wonder i can't find the floating list of events i'm looking at the wrong paper so i can tell you that coming up tonight as a matter of fact i might as well uh plug that uh it's called uh Dreamweavers, there was a panel discussion. It's tied to uh, uh, the writer-in-residence, Catherine Hernandez, uh, and it uh, 
they had there was a panel discussion with the four authors and i don't have their names in front of me but it was an incredible panel discussion just ahead of this show i was there they're doing a reading in chernoff hall uh at 7 p.m tonight 7 to 9 i believe it is and i believe it's room 117 so that's what's happening yet today and uh Going in here. The one that's happening tomorrow afternoon, we're going to mention after the top of the hour. So uh, with my guest who's here. So we'll do that then. And, uh, and, uh. But coming up tomorrow evening, I will tell you that, and I'm going to have time for just a couple of these. Uh, Goose Lane Editions uh, will be bringing two authors to town to launch their new books, uh, Ian Weir and uh, Paul Colucci will be launching tomorrow evening at Novel Idea Bookstore uh, at 6 p.m. So it's usually 7, but uh, Novel Idea closes earlier on Saturday, so don't go at 7. It'll be too late. 6 p.m. And uh, everybody knows where Novel Idea is, but it's 156 Princess Street corner of Queen, uh, Queen, corner of Princess and Brock. Uh, and then coming up uh, Monday evening, uh, November 12th, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, uh, Caitlin Press uh, will be launching a number of uh, books uh, that are a number of uh, pieces that uh, this an anthology I believe that was edited by Sarah and I'm guessing the last name uh, Grafe uh, Grafe I don't know and it's uh, called uh, Swelling with Pride uh, Queer Conception and Adoptive Stories uh, Creative Nonfiction Authors Celebrate uh, LGBTQ2 Families and the Myriad of Ways We Embark in Our Parenting Journeys Again that was covered uh, that was from uh, Caitlin Press website. Again, that is going to be held at, again, Novel Idea Bookstore, uh, corner of Princess and Bag at 156 Princess Street, Monday, uh, November 12th, 7 to 9, uh, the normal hours for launches there. Uh, and uh, then uh, coming up, uh, have I got time for this one? I think so. Triple book launch and reading. Uh, Allison Chisholm, Alice Burdick, and Dale Tracy, they will be launching uh, their books. Uh, and Stuart Ross will be in town, too, uh, to, uh, and reading, I believe. And this will be Tuesday, November 13th at 99 York Street. Begins at 7, ends at 9.30. And... Uh, Tell you what, it looks like uh, it's getting close to 5 o'clock, so we're going to begin to slide into that. Uh, again, you are listening to our final day of our funding drive. Ends at midnight tonight, so with that, I think it's close enough. Within a few seconds, I'm going to just go ahead and welcome you to the second hour of today's uh, show. Uh, you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, uh, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. And uh, in our... Uh, we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, we're in our last day again, and I think we just got a pledge. I'm going to take a quick peek out the window here and see. 
And Tara has called and given us a pledge, so we want to thank her for that. Uh, and that's wonderful. Thanks so much, Tara. You've helped us out this, after, uh, this evening now, I guess. Can get used to daylight savings time, or the lack of daylight savings time, I guess I should say. Uh, so we're in our last day of the funding drive, and uh, I'm just going to come back to the usual routine here. Now maybe I will announce what's going to happen this hour. Uh, in this second hour from the evening portion of the September 22nd, 100,000 Poets for Change event, you'll hear readings by Haley Sarfeld and Chantal Lavoie and a final musical performance by Irwin Street. Uh, I wasn't able to get, there were two, uh, Al Alyssa Cooper's and my reading uh, in. There just wasn't enough room to work it into the show today, but we'll air that next week. And then that event will have, uh, after four weeks or so, will be completely aired. So, uh, And then coming up now, how's that? I have with me in the studio a special guest, Queens alumni and author Kaz, uh, Kaz Lafave. Uh, and uh, just in town for a couple of days, I'm going to turn your mic on and make it a little bit easier for you. How's that? Thanks. Cool. All right. Welcome, Kaz. Oh, thank you, Bruce. Oh, thank you. I'm going to turn you up just a little. Let's see. Let's see how that works. I am not hearing anything through my headphones here, so... Hmm. Ah, but I've done this long enough, I guess. I see my lights are lighting up, so that must be good enough. <laughs> well, I do want to thank you for coming in. Well, thank you for having me here. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, I've got too many things here. Too many pages. I can't keep it straight. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, but I was kind of at the top of the hour, I'll just mention it again. You are a Queens alumni. Uh, yes, I uh, am. Degree in engineering, applied science engineering, mm -hmm. and uh, author. You're in town for just a couple of days, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And launching your uh, book uh, as a signing tomorrow afternoon. Well, tomorrow afternoon, I'm at the store selling the fourth selling. book. Selling. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. The fourth, the fourth book is coming, coming out, out in next June. Summer. Yeah. yeah. But there is a trilogy out, and that's what I'm promoting. At that's the, what you're at promoting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, while we're doing this, you, the th you did bring, and I'm going to just go ahead and do it now. You did mm -hmm. bring three books. Yeah. Yeah. The th first three books in mm -hmm. the Nemesine. Yes. Uh, series, and the fourth one will be coming out in June. Mm -hmm. uh, you brought three books, and you're offering them. Uh, the, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, a beautiful little Nemesine tote bag. A little lunch bag, organic cotton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Environmental bag. Yes, yeah. uh, thank you for bringing those. And uh, she's offering them as a gift in the funding drive. So I know several of my poet friends are love uh, sci-fi and fantasy and these are three sci-fi fantasy books uh, so if you the first person that calls in pledges $75 you're actually going to make money on this deal so how's that <laughs> and CFRC is going to love the $75 so a heartfelt thank you so much for yeah, that Kaz. thank yeah. you well I've been excited uh, I uh I think it's. I think you would probably describe yourself as uh, 
humanist and uh, environmentalist, mm. perhaps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I have a mission attached to the whole series is to raise awareness at the same time as fund ocean projects. Wonderful. So, the same with the products. Like That's why our organic cotton, the t-shirts are organic cotton, uh, the books are printed on FSC, 100% recycled, there's no plastic coatings. So it's all about the mission. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's nice when, because a lot of things are pretend to be environmental, but when someone's gone to, through enough thought to make it completely that way, mm -hmm. and I, I, that means, means all the difference to me anyway, and I think a number of people. It was kind of serendipitous that, because I just... We just connected here, what, two or three days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I was airing this program, uh, airing these uh, for last week and this week, the 100,000 Votes for Change event, one of their missions is environmental sustainability and uh, mm -hmm. and uh, is just seemed too serendipitous uh, mm -hmm. for me to say no, you know, uh, to you coming in. So uh, I will say in advance, just a preface before we go any further, is that I'm sorry that there isn't more than just the five or ten minutes we have today, but we've already made plans after mm -hmm. your your fourth book in this series yeah. is coming out when? In June of next year. In June of 2019. Um, I'd love to have her back in the studio then and we can spend more time. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I look forward to that. And uh, tell you what, uh, I think, uh, and y y this is a quote from you, uh, I believe is yours. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is, I feel frustrated that no one understands what all the megastorms, uh, algae, algae bloom, uh, blooms, Arctic heat waves, and melting ice caps will lead to. There is no plan B. We, so we have to stop giving ourselves an out. We need to act quickly. Yeah. And I'm guessing there is that, uh, that expediency that you kind of address in your books. But mm -hmm. I think as sci-fi fantasy, you approach it in a different way. And yeah. tell us how that works. Well, what I've done is I've designed the future uh, in our, on our planet by projecting what would happen if our oceans, all the dead zones connected. So essentially in the future, there is no um, ocean that is live. The oxygen is out so that uh, we are covered in hydrogen sulfide. So as, as far as our ecology is concerned, it's not as hospitable as we would like. We are still alive because of technology. Uh, there's the engineering background. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, we don't have the technology now. Uh -huh. uh, so if we did have that technology, we would be alive. But the fact that we don't have it now makes this more urgent because mm -hmm. It is actually heading in that direction with the red tides coming out mm -hmm. and the global warming and the dead zones getting bigger and and more of them and migrations of the fish. And there's a lot of stuff that is, is happening in bits and pieces around the world and that the scientists know. Mm -hmm. But when you take it all together, it doesn't paint a very pretty picture. So the, the, the idea is people say, oh, we can... We can uh, let it go, let it rise, and then geoengineering, we could bring it back. And as an engineer, mm -hmm. I just cringe because yeah. geoengineering hits us after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I say there's no plan B. We have to take it seriously now before yeah. we end up in a situation where it's not fiction. Yeah. 
No, that's that's wonderful. And do you think it is just, do you think it's that people don't care, or do you think it's just that, or deny, or do you think it's that uh, people just don't know how serious it already is and perhaps how it all relates? I think they probably don't know how serious it is because they get pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Kyo um, Declaration was signed with, by about 300 scientists, mm-hmm. and 16 of them are Canadian, and they know what's happening and mm-hmm. they're telling the UN we have a deoxygenation problem coming up and so they know but it's not disseminating out there mm-hmm. to the masses so mm-hmm. it's probably because a lot of things are fighting fires you know there's stuff in the news about things that are you know distracting us yes exactly yeah. we exactly. know which ones they are <laughs> we do we do that uh, and, yes. and so if we were if we were to understand in, in layman's term what's happening mm-hmm. uh, we would act or we would Mm-hmm. putting more pressure on politicians as well mm-hmm. but there is also that stage of denial mm-hmm. which we're i think we're getting out of that stage i now. think i'd like to think so yeah. i hope so we're in that stage where we're at the shock almost mm-hmm. stage so that's the dangerous stage to be mm-hmm. in is we have to go past that and mm-hmm. get into the healing part mm-hmm. but in this stage where we're shell-shocked we can paralyze so we've got to move past that fast mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. wonderful and uh yeah, I think, I didn't realize, I think I heard uh, that, I heard of dead zones in the ocean. I just thought, okay, there are just a few of those. Mm-hmm. But there are, what, what is it, like 500? What yeah, is it? Yeah, it's about 500. Wow. All around, they're a little bit all around the coastlines. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then there's some bigger ones. So if, if you imagine that they get bigger and they mm-hmm. last longer mm-hmm. and then they connect, what would happen? And then mm-hmm. we would end up with the same situation. We were in the Permian-Triassic extinction. Our planet was covered in hydrogen sulfide, mm-hmm. but we weren't around. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a wake-up call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, again, I wish I had a lot more time to talk about all these things, but we that day were doing, uh, we were addressing to a certain extent, environmental issues as mm-hmm. well. And uh, I think uh, with through poetry and music and your idea is to present the same thing for people to consider and mm-hmm. understand uh, through another medium, through mm-hmm. uh, science fiction fantasy. So yeah, uh, yeah. the more different ways I think we can get the word out that the better off we'll all be in well, the that's long run. The idea yeah. is that you know, if you do it through fun as well, you can yeah. sneak it in. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's fun. <laughs> I'll tell you what, why don't you plug where your launch is going to, or where your book's signing. Let's get this okay. straight, Bruce. The lingo. <laughs> your book signing tomorrow is at? It's at Indigo at the new Cataraqui Town Center uh, location. Okay. And it's from 12 to 4. So Perfect. if you do come, I've got these fancy little bags, the little lunch bags you saw. If you do buy a trilogy, you get a free organic lunch bag. Oh, that sounds like wonderful. Yeah. And the trilogy is the gift that she left here mm-hmm. for uh, uh, for those who might call in. The first person to call in, pledge $75, gets one of those. And... Uh, how about your website, too? Is there anything else you want to plug other than that? Uh, well, Nemesine, the website, uh-huh. com, yep. And then there's also kazlefav.com, so K-A-Z, Lefav, L-E-F-A-V-E. Perfect. And anything with Nemesine on social media, you know, Facebook and Instagram, just follow on Twitter and and Sweet. That's why. Yeah. Oh, and just join and you. lead the creed. Ex- ah, I like that. Try to lead the creed. It's <laughs> part of a subculture. It's I like, love yeah. that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kaz. Well, I've really this. enjoyed this, yeah. and I look forward to a much longer visit. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Well. <laughs> thanks. 
And you are listening to uh, Finding a Voice here on CFRC. Uh, and uh, what I'd like to do now is we're going to move back into the 100,000 Poets for Change event. Up uh, next from the evening portion of that event, here is Haley Sarfeld. Up next, Haley Sarfeld is an undergraduate student at Queens whose poetry and nonfiction have appeared in campus publications such as Collective Reflections, The Undergraduate Review, Ultraviolet Magazine, and Muse Magazine. In 2018, she qualified for the Queens University Slam Poetry Team, competing in the College Union's Poetry Slam Invitationals Tournament in Philadelphia. In her spare time, she writes songs and is a member of local music duo, Saf Ecav. Let's bring up Haley Sarkow. There's something suggestive in your intonation as you tease my words apart and point out every contradiction in my difference in repetition. You do it so deftly. I'm an open book to you and I'm cracking at the spine as I spread myself wider, waiting for you to find something that will make you want to pick me up and take me home from this dusty bookstore background shop. You have a silver tongue and, well, I wouldn't mind a little taste of metal in my mouth. I know you see affection in my sideways glances, Chances are you're interested in me, but I don't want to make a fool of myself if my gestures are just courtesy. Are you part of me unjust? Is this just the kind of fun you are? A fickle work with no intention of making real advances? You want to be at every opportunity, and it frustrates and delights me no end. Everything you say is so insightful, as if you have a field guide full of responses and are sneaking peeks as I'm adjusting my classes. I eat my words like paper pulp by the spoonful. Torn up bits of love letters I can never admit to writing. I swallow it all down because it's easier than swallowing my pride. Easier than asking, than asking. You always know when I get my tongue tied. I'm compulsively retracting statements and floundering my way through sentences that never seem to fully find their ends. I'm loquacious, sure, but you're so eloquent. You turn saplings into oak tree oaths while I, a rampant bramble, am attached to you only by a common root. I get dirty in my paper cuts, digging for connection, trying to grow this dessert me not without worrying about wilting milk house. So I attempt to transfer you to a typographical topography, and think that, and typical, my fingers can never fly fast enough to tackle them out and track you. I'll try to tell you to a text. I'll style a text. I'll make a textile, tell a tale. Weave together a tapestry, make mastery of your eyes, your nose, your lips. A little frowning out when you're thinking, the glimpse of a smirk, and blazing on your face when you know you're making mischief. You move across the map so quickly, and still I try to catch you at every turn. When you turn, my heart stills and quickens. I lose the courage I've been mustering and muttering, retreat as if my eyelashes never fluttered. I let you get ahead of me again. Even if you want to let me catch you, we both know I... I... You always know how to get me tongue tied. So that's my first thing. Um, Hmm, mostly I've been songwriting lately, which is frustrating for having been to poetry once. Um, so I have two little fragments. I send you your horoscope over Twitter. I link your Spotify. I misread signs. Do not feed pigeons or make love to other birds. The next one is, you refuse to share your cigarettes. Say they'll lead me astray. 
As you go out at a party and you catch my breath white gray, make me blush with your ashen chastisement. And now, I don't know where I'm going Moths fly out of the side of my neck when I tilt my head to them. They slip through the slit from the mm and the ah, escape out the space where I pause to contemplate. They ride just behind my face, press up against my cheekbones. Though the hollows where I could be breathing, where my voice could resonate. They pupate in my upper passage airways, interrupt my likes and ums, and let them or not, if I refuse to let them out, they make the pinpoints in my focus. Lay eggs in the damp spots where my eyes don't like to cry and let their babies munch on all my soft parts. I've tried to swallow moth balls, even though they make me cough. They look like little sugar cubes, but not failing, inherited more benzene are so easy on the tongue, the tummy, or the lungs. Stinging, they sink down my esophagus while fumes rise in my sinuses. Kill the little chrysalis and make the dangling bodies of the bugs let go of their grip on my cranium's plaster and plunge to the pit of my stomach. Insecticides sicken me. I'd rather insecticide a pest control that doesn't leave a burning hole where I'd have the guts to wish that maybe, just for once, they could be butterflies. When I was five years old, I had two pet caterpillars, named Munchy and Crunchy. They had fat, squishy bodies like big, puffy winter coats and teeny, tiny feet that crawled across my hands. I didn't run them in. They tickled. I put them in an empty Costco-sized homes container with a handcrafted perforated ceiling and washed clean it bigger. Munchy grew faster than Crunchy did. His body swelled to twice its size in a couple of days. I thought, he must be pretty proud of his puffy green parka. But then he stopped moving. Even as Crunchy continued to parade around their plastic palace. Then one morning I awoke to find unfamiliar spindly legs sticking out of Munchy. And after that, there was a stranger in the house. An insidious insect crowding the caterpillar's company. We looked at a reference book later that day and found the following. A parasitic wasp that played its egg in Munchy's tummy wrote inside him like a secret, and when it outgrew its winter jacket, it unzipped my pet caterpillar and climbed out. Mommy said, this doesn't happen very often, but to a five-year-old, once was enough. We emptied the container into the garden. I don't know what became of Crunchy. As for the wasp, I imagine it flew off, lived its life, fed its larvae to another unsuspecting vessel, and died by the time autumn rolled around with raincoats made of polyester. Maybe if I could find my insides like a raincoat and think in synthetics instead of wool and silk, my moths would find someone else to fester. But moths have the fiber. They like to chew through truths, and I can't help that I want to paint the billionaire's promises to keep them in their cocoons. So instead, I let them linger. After all, they're only moths. Sometimes I like to imagine that they're butterflies. Mostly, I'm just thankful they're not wasps. Thank you. Give them another hand. And you just heard uh, Haley Sarfeld in the second portion of the evening session of the September 22nd, 100,000 Poets for Change event held at the Spire. And uh, just a couple more plugs here. This is the last day of our funding drive, so I'm going to hit it at least a couple of more times. And I just want to say that... Uh, in case you didn't know, CFRC is really one of the only places in Kingston where uh, where students and staff and faculty and alumni from Queen's University actually well, get together and work together with Kingston community members. And 
uh, have a space to get to know each other, get to know their ideas, share their music, their ideas, their uh, spoken word uh, things that are going on uh dial friendships are made this way and uh and the queen's community gets a bit more connected to the kingston community and vice versa uh great things happen uh when that happens and uh uh if you if you think this kind of thing's important and i do uh and you want to encourage uh the growth of spaces for this uh, kind of uh Campus Kingston dialogue and community and uh, connection. Uh, let us know. Uh, give us a donate uh, uh, through uh, the website www.cfrc.ca. You can either get tax receipt or gift, or you can call our pledge line. And they'd love to hear from you. We just got a pledge a few minutes ago, and I announced that. Thank you again, Tara, uh, for your pledge. Uh, pledge line six one three five three three. CFRC, that is also 2372. And I'm only going to air one more reading uh, from the, just because there isn't time uh, today, because there is a musical performance that I definitely want to get on the air this afternoon, and we'll have time to do that. Uh, a musical performance that was a portion, uh, in fact, the final portion of that. But leading up to that, uh, the next poet you're going to hear again in the second half of the evening session of the 100,000 Poets for Change. Here he is, Chantal Lavois. Up next, Chantal Lavois lives in Kingston and teaches in the English department at the Royal Military College of Canada. Her book of verse, Where the Terror Lies, was published in 2012 by Quattro Books, and she is working on another titled Gather and Call. Let's bring up Chantal Lavois. Thank you, Bruce, and thank you for everything you do for poetry and for change in Kingston. I have three, not long, pieces about different kinds of change. Um, the first is kind of just about going through hard times, which we know we can't change. But what we could change is reminding ourselves that we're never alone when that happens. So this first one is called In Good Company. A year that takes more than a year from your life is occurring everywhere this minute, and bodies in the midst of it are parceling their pain and hatred out. This might be one of yours, waking as dark as when you climbed down to sleep, rung by rung, and rung out until you thought you might not find more tears, when lo and behold, you might have one or many of these years. So dry that your urine is bright as the sky when you can't look at it. No matter your resources, you can't stay mint fresh or quite clean in this blinding eclipse of a year when everything dries out. Um, this one is called Regret Boxes, and it it came with a conflation of academic work I'm doing about chimney sweeps in the 18th and 19th centuries and um, stuff I've been reading about through Amnesty International and um, mining, mineral mining, regret boxes. 
They offered the boy Christ gold, frankincense, myrrh. Now it would be tungsten, tantalum, cobalt. Also silver and still gold for his smartphone. More cobalt from the Democratic Republic of Congo is hand-dug in illegal mines, children's hands, dark mines. Oh, please, I don't want to know. Don't talk about lithium batteries in laptops on which I read about lithium batteries. What would our various gods do with this technology if they walked the earth? What would they do about the ones underneath it? A boy explains, there is lots of dust. It is very easy to catch colds, and we hurt all over. He could be a chimney sweep calling up to us from the well of time, or down from the narrow, smoky prison under which we cooked our meat. So much hurt all over. I say, hey Siri, why is there so much suffering in the world? She gives me a Bible verse. The whole world is lying in the power of the wicked one. How simple that would be. Today I learned of the beach being stolen, stone by stone, from Greece, for souvenirs by lovers of the film Mamma Mia. The government has placed regret boxes in the airport to take in sober second thoughts, and thousands are leaving the stones behind. Why bring pebbles home only to dust them? The beach is being rebuilt. But blood can't go back into bodies, childhood into children. And machines that speak the world to me mean the world to me. Tech, tech companies are trying. God knows no one wants blood diamonds or blood phones. But it's not possible to say with absolute assurance there is no weak link in the supply chain. One poet wrote to another in 1821, when asked for poetry to protest the plight of the chimney sweeps, I firmly believe any verses whatever would do harm instead of good. It was a warning about sentiment, using art as a valve to let off steam and feeling smug and snug in our words. Only the next dollar counts, and the one after that. And this is the last one, called Tara. We have to fall in love with Earth and fall hard, so that we find ourselves besotted, dressing for her, feeling less hungry just thinking about her, needing little else, dreaming up extravagant gifts and sacrifices to prove our love. We must lose sleep, be solicitous about warmth and cold, ridiculous, silly, and earnest as the grave, as though no one had ever felt quite this way before. Our fingers long
and marauders. At the same time we grow sappy, envision future children and what a good mother she would make. Loving her makes us kinder to one another, wondrous about being human, and fear death less. Only she matters. But we have to shut out the voices of the tired old folks telling us to take it easy, telling us there will be other loves. Thank you. Now we shouldn't tell of all. Let's give her another hand. Yeah, and that was Chantal Lavoie. And uh, reading in the final portion of the uh, evening session of the 100,000 Poets for Change event that was held at the Spire on September 22nd. And uh, I don't know if, I think most people know it at this point, but maybe they don't, but uh, CFRC is the oldest uh, campus uh, community radio station in Canada, and uh, actually one of the oldest, uh, or I should say the longest running uh, radio broadcasters in the world. Uh, It's uh, through the work of, I think there are somewhere around 300 volunteers and have been for a few years, uh, hardworking volunteers, each bringing their own ideas, their own music, their own uh, spoken word programs or uh, segments of programs into the station. And uh, we've, uh, in this day and age of the technological, uh, all the revolutionary new things that are happening, uh, the fact that as a radio station we're still st- uh, thriving, really, in, uh, in this environment. But uh, you know what? Uh, we can't do it without your help. I believe that, uh, uh, of course, uh, we do appreciate the students' uh, donations that we get uh, each year uh, as uh, through Queens, uh, but uh, I think that's only something around half of what uh, uh, what we need to actually operate, and then also. Uh, purchase uh, uh, things we need here. Uh, two are uh, foremost, well, actually three, two, are, but uh, uh, two are, uh, are a radio, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a generator, a uh, new generator for our tower uh, so that uh, the times Mother Nature decides to wreak havoc with the lines, <laughs> which happens uh, and has happened. Uh, so if we had a generator, I could guarantee that uh, you'd never lose coverage. And in times like that, you probably want to be able to tune, make sure you're able to tune in. So, And the other thing is a community uh, and podcast uh, equipment for a community and podcast uh, room here in a portion of the station devoted for that and equipment to run it. So uh, this is a campus community radio, and really it... Uh, it benefits both. So if you think something like this is important, uh, give us a call. Uh, pledge line 613-533-CFRC or 2372. You can also go online, and it's actually very easy and quite, uh, and, and not quite, it is 
incredibly safe to do everything that you uh, could do with us on the phones. Do there if that's easier for you, or uh, and uh, all the ple- uh, all the funding drive information and uh, pledging and how to or uh, donation and whether you want a gift or tax uh, tax receipt. It's all there. So anyway. 613-533-2372 is the pledge line or www.cfrc. Tell you what, we're going to go ahead and move into what was the final performance that evening uh, at uh, the 100,000 Poets for Change event. Uh, it is uh, doing, I, I think, strictly all uh, Jesse Winchester songs that evening. Here is who was a bona fide uh, Canadian after he came up here. And uh, so not Irwin, uh, but Jesse Winchester, in case you're not familiar of the musician. You know what? I'm just going to shut up. Irwin did a beautiful job ending the event. Let's just take you into that. I'll let you enjoy that. Here again, Irwin Street. Irwin Street's first guitar was made of black and red plastic with an image of Mickey Mouse over the sound hole. He got it Christmas morning, 1967, and within minutes his older brother had smashed it over his head, El Cabong style. Irwin's head had been in guitar ever since. He especially enjoys singing story songs by the singer-songwriters of the 60s and 70s. Let's give it up for Irwin Street. I'd like to play a few songs by uh, the late singer-songwriter Jesse Winchester. Um, writers of Jesse's Wikipedia page uh, call him an American-Canadian. Uh, he was uh, born and raised in the American South, in Tennessee and in Mississippi, and he left the U.S. in 1967 to avoid being sacrificed in an unjust war. And he settled in Montreal, uh, became a Canadian citizen, uh, learned French, and uh, even after the Carter amnesty in, in, in 1977, he remained in Canada another 25 years had some songs on the top 40 in the 70s. Um, I've always thought of him as a poet with a guitar, and uh, I want to play some of uh, his songs and get a sense of, of just what, what craft is under there. Um, I'm going to play a song called Biloxi. Biloxi is a, a town or city on the, the Gulf Coast of uh, Mississippi, and it's about 150 kilometers to the east of New Orleans. And um, Jesse Winchester has this marvelous ability of, of, of using uh, language and lyric and poetry to evoke a place. Uh, so we get a sense of Biloxi here. I, I think of this lyric, which is an unusual lyric, like an image's poem. Um, uh, there are five words that he uses to, in, in the same sequence to end each line. Uh, and uh, Well, I won't explicate it, I'll just play it. Down around the pretty girls are swimming in the sea. Oh, they look like sisters in the ocean. 
the storms will blow from off towards New Orleans. The sun shines on Biloxi, the air is filled with vapors from the sea. The boy will dig a pool beside Creatures from his dreams under the water, and the sun will set from off towards New Orleans. They tell us we 
If you love somebody, then that means you need somebody. If you need somebody, that's what makes you weak. But if you know you're weak, and you know you need someone, oh, it's a funny thing. That's what makes you strong. That's what makes you strong. That's what gives you power. That's what lets the meat come sit beside the king. That's what lets us smile in our final love. That's what moves our souls and that's what makes us sing. And to trust somebody is to be disappointed. Never what you want, and it happens every time. But if you're the trusting kind, this don't even cross your mind. Oh, it's a funny thing. That's what makes you strong. That's what makes you strong. That's what gives you power. That's what lets the beat come sit beside me. That's what lets us smile in our final love. That's what moves our souls and that's what makes us sing. Yes, that's what makes you strong. That's what gives you power. That's what lets the beat come sit beside me. That's what lets us smile in our final love. That's what moves our souls and that's what makes us sing. That's what moves our souls, and that's what makes us sing. The late great songwriter Jesse Winchester, American Canadian. Well, we wrapped up year three in uh, 100,000 Poets for Change. My heartfelt thanks to all of you for coming out. For those of you that shared, thank you. Yeah, and you just heard Erwin Street and his uh, performance and the final piece uh, that evening in the afternoon and evening, almost day-long uh, session of the September 22nd, 100,000 Votes for Change event held at the Spire. And uh, again, I mentioned there are two readings left from it. I'll just, uh, they, obviously, they won't fit today, so uh, coming up uh, next week, so... Tune in for that next week. There are still two more readings from that. Uh, before I go through uh, just a few uh, more minutes to talk a bit about our 
funding drive and this is the final day and the final evening it ends at midnight and also just a couple of upcoming events that will expire before next friday i do want to thank you for tuning in today and uh, thank those of you who have donated either today or in uh, in leading up into this uh, the last seven days uh, i just want to say and uh, you have been listening uh, to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, one other thing, I normally upload um, both hours of the show as soon as I'm home. Uh, so almost immediately after the show, but uh, tonight it's going to be after midnight. I'll explain that very briefly in just a second. Uh, but it will be uh, uploaded after midnight, uh, or they will be, to my blog space at Finding a Voice on CFRCFM.wordpress.com. And will remain there for four years. Uh, one of the reasons it's going to be so late tonight is there's another event after this uh, to record for future airplay here. And also, uh, I'll be on the phones. I'll be on the pledge lines from 10 to midnight. So I'd love to hear your voice if you call in then. And uh, other thing I want to mention is right after this show, p- please stay tuned for two hours of East Coast music in a show called Salt Water Music, hosted by Rob Carnell at the top of the hour. And again, thank you again for tuning in today and hope uh, you can stay tuned for the rest of the evening. There uh, is a whole bunch. Uh, there are a whole bunch of great shows coming up. I thought one final plug is just our kind of way of giving back if you decide to donate uh we have different gift levels uh for ten dollars you're called a pin pal you get a one-year membership cfr sticker and a thank you card and a pin uh for 25 dollars you're you're it's known as an alley cat level uh membership uh, plus two of the following options Uh, And a total of three things, Uh, on-air show shadow opportunity, which is pretty cool, a fridge magnet, window decal, a pin, and a pen. And uh, for $50, uh, bowling stone, uh, you get all of those things I just mentioned at LA Cat, uh, plus a CFRC toque. And for $75, uh, it's called high roller. You get all of that, um, so Bowling Stone level plus a Queen's Events swag uh, plus uh, CD or vinyl, and uh, that you, uh, you can pick from the list if you call in. Also, at $75, the gift uh, that uh, Kaz, if you were listening earlier, Kaz has uh, offered uh, three books, uh, the first three, uh, tr- a trilogy of her uh, sci-fi fantasy uh books uh that uh if uh that and uh tote bag together are more than 75 dollars plus you also get the high roller package for 101.9 you're a cfrc hero you get the high roller gift plus four cfrc coasters cfrc t-shirt and broidered patch tote bag and surprise gift option of up to $25 and if you want to shoot for the moon a $250 urban achiever you get everything I just mentioned plus a CFRC ceramic cup another surprise gift option over $25 value so there you go and uh, at that point 
Let's see, I got to read my clock here. Yeah, I think it's time. Thank you again for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend, and sorry for the other events I didn't get to mention, but check out Facebook. There's a, all of them are there. So anyway, thanks again. Thanks for those who donated. Have a great evening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with CFRC.ca in Kingston, Ontario. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Infrastructure support for the CFRC podcast project is provided by the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. For more information or to get involved in podcasting, visit podcasts.cfrc.ca.